Welcome to the Gospel for Life. We have four Treasure Valley pastors committed to showing that the gospel is not just for that religious part of your life, but rather it's for all of life. You never graduate from the gospel. I'm Josh Bales, pastor of the Well Church, here with Russell Herman, pastor at Cloverdale United Reformed Church, Phil Moran, pastor at Christ Presbyterian Church, and Jonathan Van Hoogen, pastor at Spring United Reformed Church. Now, if you'd like to find out more about us or catch past broadcasts or get information about our annual conference, you can find us at ReformationVoice.com. All right, welcome back to the Gospel for Life. Again, on the show today with us, our brother, Pastor Tim Hazelbaker from Middleton First Baptist. So glad you're here. Glad to be here. Are you going to come to the conference this year? Yes, sir. For real? Yes, sir. (laughs) I will be there. Lord willing. Lord willing. <laughs> Always got to correct him. Always, every time. We think <laughs> Somebody that has to. this might be, one, if not the best conference we've ever had, one of the best. And so we are shocked at the low level of registrations to this point. Yeah. So I know some of you are last-minute thinkers, last-minute doers, um, but the time to register is now and and part of the reason why today is such a great day to register at reformationboise.com is because it's our producer's birthday. Yeah. Yep. So if you His could, name is Andrew. You have two things that you need to do. You need to today register for the conference reformationboise.com and registered for the conference on October 21st, 22nd, Dr. Joel Beakey, Dr. Derek Thomas on the topic of the church. And the second thing is to call KBXL. Yeah. And ask for Andrew so that you can wish, wish him, him a happy, a happy birthday. birthday. Yep. And he would prefer that if you would sing happy birthday to him <laughs> on the phone. That would be awesome. That would be great. And he's looking well, forward that, to that. That's why our show is so good, because we have such a great producer. That is correct. Um, that is correct. E- even I registered yesterday. Oh, Whoa, wow. And so, and so if, you're, if, you, if you've been waiting <laughs> for Phil Moran to register before you registered, uh, I I beat I've already beat you to it, uh, so you can go ahead and register. Bottom line: this is the earliest Phil has ever yes, registered ever. for the conference. Register. I don't think you've ever. Re- <laughs> All right, so we we're on the subject of uh, the gospel, and we've been talking about you know. Uh, pornography, sexual purity, um, despondency, depression, anxiety, and we're on um, the gospel and backsliding. If you've missed any of these uh, shows, just subscribe to our podcast, The Gospel for Life. So question for you to kind of set it up. In your experience, does backsliding come more from affliction or from success? In other words, do you find yourself backsliding in, in those seasons where you're being afflicted or when you're in seasons of great success? Hmm. I, I think we're vulner, vulnerable in both seasons. Yeah. When we're blessed and life is easy, uh, we're tempted to think that, well, I can just depend on myself because I'm, I'm good. Yeah. And when we're afflicted, uh, when we're... We we may be tempted to think, well, God has abandoned me, uh, so I, I'll just I'll just abandon Him. Right. I can't remember if you introduced Tim Hazelbaker to our show today or not. He um, did. Tim and I disagree on some things with regard to the church. I don't personally have my greatest fanboy as J.C. Ryle. I mean, I like him, but not to the extent that Tim does. But 
Tim and I do agree on the significance and importance of the book of Deuteronomy. And he said something off the air that I think is appropriate now. And I do not want to steal Tim's thunder because I, I think he, he said it so well. So I'll, I'll, I'll turn it over to Tim on what, this. What did I say? <laughs> <laughs> it was so brilliant. I forgot. Uh, just the warnings in the book of Deuteronomy. Well, there, there are many warnings. Um, in chapter six, it says that when you, well, let's just bring it up, shall we? And that'll... Somebody fill the air while I look this up really quick. Okay, well, here we are. Never mind. Just kidding. Um, when This is Deuteronomy 6.10. When the Lord your God brings you into the land that he swore to your fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob to give you, with great and good houses that you did not build, and houses full of all good things that you did not fill, and cisterns that you did not dig, and vineyards and olive trees that you did not plant, and when you eat and are full, then take care lest you forget the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. That, that, mm-hmm. And people have said that blessing can be a dangerous place. Yeah. I don't want to overreach on the, on the passage, but I do think that part of this, the transfer of this is that those that are born into covenant homes, into covenant families, are born into the blessings of possessing the land that they didn't get on their own. Mm-hmm. And some of the tendency is in that blessing of being part of a covenant community is that you don't realize the richness of it and you can move into a state of backsliding where you take for granted the blessings, the grace, the the protections that are yours within that environment. Um, entitlement. Entitlement. And then you become cavalier with sin and you become less dependent upon grace. We've been looking at, at least in passing, some ideas from Brockle, um, an old Dutch theologian, and he writes on backsliding, and he talks about that God sometimes withdraws himself, and that can be a cause of backsliding. Yep. And this is going to take a little bit of explanation, because otherwise we're going to, it's going to sound like we're accusing God. We're not accusing God. Let me read the passage that yeah. he's quoting. It's Second Chronicles 32, starting verse 30, 27. It says, And Hezekiah, he was a, a good king, a very good king, had very great riches and honor, and he made for himself treasuries for silver, for gold, for precious stones, for spices, for shields, and for all kinds of costly vessels, storehouses also for the yield of grain, wine, and oil, and stalls for all kinds of cattle, in sheepfolds, he likewise provided cities for himself and flocks and herds in abundance, for God had given him very great possessions. So understand, this is all from God. Mm-hmm. This same Hezekiah closed the upper out- outlet of the waters of Gihon and directed them down to the west side of the city of David. And Hezekiah prospered in all his works, and so in the manner of the envoys of the princes of Babylon, who had been sent to him to inquire about the sign that had been done in the land, God left him to himself mm-hmm. in order to test him and to know all that was in his heart. Mm-hmm. And there are times when God in, in our abundance comes and he says, I'm going to leave you to yourself. I'm going to withdraw some of my restraining grace and my equipping grace and leave you to yourself to test you. And in those moments of, of, of God's withdrawal, sometimes then we're left to our own devices and, and we end up in a backslidden state. And we see in Hezekiah's life, um, he, he was boasting to these envoys about his, 
essentially he was taking credit for mm-hmm. it. And that what was that's what was in Hezekiah's heart. And so from from certainly ultimately this was beneficial for Hezekiah to see that he had become prideful and um, was attributing things to himself that belonged to the Lord God. Um, but this teaches us that our utter dependency upon the Lord. Mm-hmm. I use the example off the air that when I was a teacher in my former life, there are points where your students begin to take you for granted, begin to be rude and disrespectful. They don't listen. And there were points when I would say in the classroom, oh, I realize now that I'm not needed in the room. You guys can go ahead and just teach yourself. Mm -hmm. And so I would just stop teaching for a week. And inevitably what would happen is the students would recognize, oh, he actually was kind of helpful. For a whole week. Yeah. And he's needed. And then at that point, they would recognize, oh, we were we were actually taking advantage and despising what we had. And I tell you what, it made a huge difference for the rest of the year. Because all you had to do is say, oh, I'm sorry, did you need me to step back again? And they'd be like, no, 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 we're good, mm-hmm. we're good. And sometimes God needs to step back in the Christian life so that we remember that all that we have has been given to us from him, yeah. that we are utterly dependent upon his grace every moment of our Christian life. And sometimes God just has to withdraw for a season to remind us of that dependence. Yeah. And, re- and remember that when God does that, it's out of love for us. Mm-hmm. The book of Hebrews says the Lord disciplines those he loves. Yeah. And uh, to to withdraw himself, as, as your illustration in your classroom, is a form of love. It's yeah. a it's a reprimand, and but it's a loving reprimand. It's well, a, going it's back, a helpful corrective, hopefully. Going back to the verse that that Tim had quoted from Deuteronomy, it's because we have forgotten. So God withdraws so that we would remember. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting, the theme, one of the themes of the book of Deuteronomy is that we're supposed to pursue God with, with our whole heart, with everything that we are. And that's another one of the causes of, of backsliding is that we become spiritually complacent. We're lazy, yeah. um, and we're not pursuing God and the means of grace with the diligence that we ought to. And it's part of this resting on our laurels. That we realize, oh, things are going well. I, I, you know, all is all is great. I don't have to be as concerned about utilizing the means of grace. I don't have to care as much about being in corporate worship or in my in the Bible or in prayer or in some sort of corporate study or whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. We just become lax lackadaisical about our Christian life, which then moves us in a direction towards sin. Mm-hmm. Well, I think we should begin at least, we only have a couple minutes, but um, we've been talking about the causes of backsliding the last couple of days. What are some biblical exhortations, encouragements, motivations uh, to seek restoration from a backslidden state? Well, I, I would quote again the, the verse from Hebrews. It's also in the pro- Proverbs. Uh, the Lord disciplines those he loves. And the backslidden state is a form of discipline. Mm-hmm. God is disciplining you. And remember, it's out of love for you. So don't be afraid of your father. 
Right. Run to him. Yeah. Run to him. Yeah. That's what's so hard for us to believe because that's not the way that we treat people when, yes. they've, when they've left us. Yes. But I just read uh, Thomas, is it Goodwin or Goodson who wrote The Heart Goodwin. of Christ? Goodwin. Um, and he uses two examples. One is at the Last Supper when Jesus is washing their feet. He knew full well that they were going to abandon him. He knew full well that Judas was yeah. going to betray him. And yet he, lo- the text says he loved them to the end and he washed mm-hmm. their feet. And then the other example he gives is at the resurrection when Christ comes back from the dead. He doesn't come back and say, I told you guys, do you have any idea what I've been through? Right. He comes back and he's the same Jesus. Peace and he's deal. just loving and kind. It is so hard for us to believe that the Lord is that way, but he mm-hmm. is. Yeah. And, we, and we just need to run home. Yeah. Yeah. It, the picture of God throughout the entire Bible is a God that is pursuing his wayward people. It's a constant refrain that God is calling his people to return. I've always heard that the first gospel promise is Genesis 3.15. What was it? A couple weeks ago, whether it was Phil or Jonathan said that maybe the first gospel call is actually verse 9. But when the Lord God called to the man and said to him, where are you? Yeah. Is this gospel refrain of saying, return. I'm mm-hmm. here. I, I'm not the one that has run away. I'm not the one that's hiding. I'm the one that's calling you back to myself. Mm-hmm. And so the first step or whatever motivation to return to God is the fact that he wants you to return mm-hmm. and he's calling that to you. That's right. That's what the gospel about is, is all about. Not that just we would receive Christ at the very beginning of our salvation, but that he would continue to invite us back to him as we backslide and we come and remember the gospel fresh. So this has been the Gospel for Life. We'll see you next time. <laughs>